0: to do this again i'm pretty sure in how long we've had this podcast is is this our longest break yeah it's like christmas vacation except in the hottest month like hottest week of the year yeah oh has it been bad we're out by you yeah like 90s almost every day We've we've had a couple hundred days and it's made work absolutely miserable for me but yeah um Welcome into the production line podcast. Uh, we're in off-season mode. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And yeah, we're talking... <laughs> maybe we'll talk about maybe personal lives. I don't know. There's some actually some tangible news Red Wings-wise since we last talked. Um, there's plenty of big-name free agents that are still available. We can talk about that. Um, there's also the World Junior Championships that are restarting uh, next week. And there's been some Red Wing news along with that and whatever else comes our way. But uh, a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS is your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for 125% signup bonus. Again, use promo code rank for your 125% sign up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. Betus.com. Whew. It's good. I haven't
1: done an ad rate in a while. It's like it's like getting back on a bike. Yeah. You fall a couple times. And then you're good to go. Good to go. what you do? What'd you do uh, on your week off? My week off.
0: Well, not of work, but from podcasting. Man,
1: not a whole lot. <laughs> no. No. You did go to a game, though. They go to a soccer game. Watched uh Manchester City versus Bayern Munich at Lambeau Field. Pretty sweet. Pretty electric. Uh, Erling Holland is very fun to watch, and the fans love him. It's good to see, especially for, like, a new guy. That's Yeah. An,
0: um, not a Premier League podcast, but we could talk – Obviously, we're both, uh, not obviously, I don't think we've ever talked about it. We're both Chelsea fans. Yeah. So, definitely interesting. <laughs> interesting. Chelsea's uh, U.S. tour went very poorly. Yeah. They, they lost to a U.S. team and then lost to Arsenal pretty bad. So, tough go. Tough go, definitely. Yeah. For me, I uh, saw some whale. I saw a whale. So, which was pretty cool because mom and dad came out, see me. Exciting. I'm their favorite. That's not true. Oh, it is. They told me. They told me you just weren't there. You weren't there. Tough (laughs) go. Oh, but yeah. Should we uh, talk some Red Wings? Yeah. Something. It's kind of nice that we. So now with the summer, we can kind of spread some episodes out and go every other week. And yeah, hopefully there's some Red Wing news in each week. But uh, there's plenty to talk about since we last spoke um we signed another defenseman Robert Hag one year 800k one-way deal uh this happened Monday um would have been is it last week yeah, it uh yes like, it was it was last week Monday and I remember texting you and I'm like huh and I just I literally I said no no I tweeted out from the podcast account and I said oh question mark. Because it just doesn't make any sense. This puts Detroit at, I think, uh, 10 defensemen on under contract, roughly competing for a spot, for six spots, which is a lot of competition, but really big logjam. And I was like, for a second, I was like, is a move coming in some sort of way? And there was a move, but uh, unfortunately, it was Mark Pissick and he uh, tore his Achilles, and he had surgery to repair it. Uh, four to six months, real tough one, and that just sucks because I really thought he was going to be our third-pairing guy on the right side.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a tough pill to swallow. I, I truly saw him as a guy that would be able to be a third-pairing guy and then maybe sub in and out every once in a while for Lindstrom um, to try to get Lindstrom to kind of kick in the butt for him. And then another guy that would be really at ease for Ed Vincent to jump right in. And I think that kind of sucks to lose him before he even touched the ice, to be honest. So that does sting a bit.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting as well, because uh, Robert Haig and Mark Basic were like partners for the majority of their season. Like those two were partnered up, which is kind of funny if you think about it. So. I guess the Red Wings pro scouting team was just like they just really love that pair. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Huge fan. But no, uh, what are your what were your initial thoughts like after that and then thinking of Robert Haig's fit in Detroit?
1: Uh first thoughts were I dot in Florida. I didn't really watch him in Buffalo. I thought in Florida he was pretty meh. Um that whole decor actually in the playoffs was pretty mess So I didn't love him before the signing, and I don't <laughs> love the signing. <laughs> I don't think there's a whole lot there, aside from being a player that shoots left and plays defense. Uh, there's not a <laughs> There's not there's not a whole lot there with Robert Hag. oh
0: my you basically just like read his like player info he's just like hey he's six foot three or six yeah, foot two or whatever
1: he's alive and he's from Sweden <laughs> yeah yeah'm
0: I'm, I'm a little bit higher on Robert
1: hag I think he's a little
0: bit better than the credit you're giving him I think he's serviceable as a six seven guy serviceable just, yeah he loves to block shots he's more defensive minded. And, I mean, I did some, like, deep dive into, like, his expected goals for and stuff like that. And in Buffalo, to be expected, was not very good. It was at roughly, like, a 39%. And in Florida, surprise, it was very good because he played on a very good team in a limited role. So, I mean, who's to say what he does in Detroit, right? Um, I know Carson, even though he didn't have the great um, Carson or Buffalo Sabres expert, um, even though he didn't have – the best numbers analytically in Buffalo. Carson liked him as a third-pairing guy, which is something to be said Yeah, from an eye test perspective. Also, doesn't hurt that he's Swedish because it just seems like that's kind of a uh, – it's an expectation for a Red Wing signing. At least mm-hmm. you got to have a couple Swedes in there. Um, so kind of like this leads into a discussion about the Red Wings' defense as a whole. Uh, I know we kind of did on our free agency frenzy episode we did a bit of a like mock forward lines I don't think we did defense though did
1: we um, maybe, we did. So. maybe. we did so
0: maybe we did but maybe we this is where we now go into more of a deep dive right so how are you personally feeling about Detroit's defense and how would you kind of pair up the defenders on the team because right now we have, without factoring the injuries, I mean, if we're counting Edvinson in there too, that is, and Wallman, right? I think that's that puts us at ten defensemen that are roughly competing for a spot in the top six. Uh yeah, yeah.
1: I think are you counting? You're counting Pissick and Wallman. yes, yes I am. So, so that would be seven, eight, nine, and Edvinson. That's ten. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. So that's a lot of bodies, and I think the top four is pretty well established. I mean, we can talk about the fits and stuff like that. Do you want to start with that? Like, what would you? How would you pair up the top four? Because I mean, I think the four are pretty
1: set. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty easy for me to say that I would pair it Sharat and Cider. I mean, Sherat's used to the workload of a first-pairing defenseman, and that's what Sider is going to be playing in everything next year. So I think rather than throwing Olimata for 20 minutes a night, you play Sherratt, who's used to 20 minutes a night. And I actually think if Sherat just plays a safe sort of style with Sider, he should be fine, and it's going to give Sider more space. I know hasn't been great like the last couple of years, but I think he could play pretty well with Cider. I, I think there's a lot of players that Cider would make better. And I I'm optimistic about Sherat. Um I like, have, yeah, I, I like good. Yeah. I like Olimada for heronic. Um, I know I brought up that he was really good for Chris Letang. And just really kind of a calming presence. I'm not comparing Phil Peronic to Chris Letang because uh, one, no. ha- one has hands and the other one does not have hands. One makes solid decisions pretty much all the time, especially in the offensive zone. The other one does not make solid decisions in the offensive zone. Hey, hey, hey well, maybe this is, maybe well, thirty percent of the time. This is the offseason. We're talking strictly strictly okay. positive here. Strictly positive. Peronic's a right-handed defenseman that. <laughs>
0: Giving him the Robert <laughs> Hag treatment. That
1: that looks like Connor McGregor. So does kind of look like Connor McGregor. That's that's my optimistic. I, I like Philip pronick Yeah. Um, I th- I think that is a pairing that is really interesting to me. I mean, man, Philip Ronick's a 40-point guy almost every year. Mm-hmm. Can, can he turn that to where he's 40 points and smart? I mean, you're asking a lot of them. I am. But if you're going to be a top four defenseman and make top four money, you don't want to be a liability. Nope. I, I 100% agree. I'm being sarcastic, obviously. I know.
0: Um. <laughs> no, but uh, back to Sherrod and Cider. So I just I, I did an article last week on um, how Detroit's revamped defense stands in the Eastern Conference, but I kind of broke down the pairings and stuff like that on there in terms of Sherrod and Cider, the like I don't know if this is like a way too easy comparison of I'm going strictly size based and recency bias, but Ben Sherrod did have a couple successful seasons playing with Shea Weber, very like or yeah. one one real successful season, and then like the shortened season was kind of like whatever. But that first the 1920 season, they were one of the be- like one of the better pairings in terms of um their expected goals. And their goals for percentage. They, I think they were eight, I think it was, eighth in the league from Money Puck. And it's kind of hard not to like, I mean, the stylistically, Weber and Sider are, are a bit different, but like size wise and like how the physicality way they do it, and Weber also not
1: being afraid to jump in the play. I can see this pairing yeah. working out very well. I like that comparison. Like I said, like you said. Uh, Weber and Cider have similar capabilities, although albeit different. Yep. So yeah, I, I do like that comparison. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah.
0: And then obviously, I think I think Mata was clearly brought in to be a defensive defenseman for Horonic's offensive defenseman, which is something we didn't want. Like we like looking at our depth, we weren't really crazy about a Simon Edvinson trying to play babysitter for Philip Horonic. We weren't crazy about like Jake Wallman being thrown into a top four role way too soon. And, and also he's more of a guy who jumps in the rush a little bit too. And that kind of just leaves like limited options for who's going to be with Philip Peronic. And so Oli, Olimata, what makes me nervous about this pairing is not, neither player are great skaters.
1: Yeah. But you got the same thing with Sherat in my opinion. Sherat's not a great skater if you were to pair him with Pironik too. I don't so think he, I see. I think he's a, He's pretty slow. decent skater. He's slow. Mm, yeah, He's not not the fastest. And neither is Mata. I I do like what you said about like Mata and heroic not being great skaters. I just I just don't think that's really gonna matter. I don't know where else. To... I hope not. I hope I hope I hope I can. I'm saying I'm saying on. I don't think it matters where that, that 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 that's gonna make them not paired up. Right. I I think it could be could matter in real games, but we're not there yet. <laughs> Yeah,
0: no, we're talking strictly off season hypotheticals and we're just going, obviously we don't, we don't we don't have the uh the what's the term I'm looking for, like looking into the future um aspect of being able to go back and be like, oh, this
1: didn't work, right? And so I know we talk about how we don't want Edvance and babysitting heroinic. Maybe there comes a time a little bit deep, maybe not deep, but Give Edvinson some time with some games, on a third pairing, and if you feel comfortable enough, and you think that that second pair is lacking skating ability, that's where you move up Edvinson and give it a chance. I mean, Moritz
0: Sutter did the same thing last year. You gave him, you gave him the babysitter of Nicoletti, not babysitter. But it it wasn't.
1: That was different.
0: A little bit, but like also it was complimentary though. You had the the one and two like. I mean, if you want to count Philip Ronick was the second best defense last year, whatever I, argument's sake, Nick Luddy was two or three on the team. He was two, 100 okay. percent, and I. So you you I, had the number one and two partnered together. Is my point. So like obviously like kind of like throw Edvinson. Obviously, I'm not saying he's gonna be a two or two or three guy, but hopefully not. But I mean, it, him being vaulted into a number like a bigger role is like is completely possible
1: i just think that your comparison of nick letty insider they were actually like a really good pairing at the start of the year until they got split up I, they like, were analytics said everything too about that pair yes so i wouldn't say consider that a babysitting at all but i know but you th- get what i you get what i mean though
0: it was a it was an older veteran paired with yes. a rookie it's kind of my point
1: yeah, Ronick's not a veteran either, which will no, he's really young.
0: I mean, um, play, playing on the, the Red Wings from 2018 to 2022,
1: kind of yeah. a veteran at this point. <laughs> I, I mean, he's like the there's still so much uncertainty with him, too, which is kind of crazy. He's going into his fifth season, I'm pretty sure. I mean, the way he started his career, though was pretty incredible for such a small kind of one-dimensional defenseman that was tasked of playing 23 minutes a night. Some things he did some nights was pretty ridiculous for being nowhere close to a, a number one defenseman. Yeah. He had some very good games. Him in the corpse of Mike, Mike Green carrying oh the Detroit, Detroit yeah.
0: defensive core. Yeah. I'd love to talk about Mike Green more in his Red Wings tenure because like I don't. know. I think we kind of look at it like negatively, but I don't think he was that bad, in Detroit. I don't think so either. Detroit. Towards the end, he was pretty bad. Yeah. But like the first like four years of it, I don't like he was pretty serviceable, and he did it's all, exactly.
1: It's always forgotten that he got traded to Edmonton.
0: <laughs> Dude and played two games and said, "No, nah, I'm not going to the bubble." Yeah. We got a we got a fourth round pick for two for Edmonton's two games of Mike Green. It's pretty pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Those were good two
0: games, quality two games, and then whatever a second round pick for, who was the pick that we got for the two games of Mike Green? Uh, I have no idea. You don't you have know. to look. Damn. You have to look that up. Uh, if you want to look that up while I like try to keep this, this ship on like on course, I'd appreciate it. But um, kind of back to Robert Hag in his season. I didn't really talk about what his previous season was. I mean, he got traded from Buffalo to Florida at the trade deadline, but he played in 60 plus games. I'm I'm trying to think of um what his actual um hold on. Yeah, okay. He had uh in 64 games he had a goal, eight assists and nine points and then a minus nine, but I mean again plus minus whatever take it with a grain of salt. Um he did have a great like 2018-19 season and he was playing pretty decent minutes and he's playing 17 plus minutes and he had 20 points and playing a full 82 game season for the Flyers when they weren't complete garbage. Yeah. So I mean there is like something there to be said about like possibly Robert hagg maybe bouncing back in a better system. Can you look at Buffalo kind of a tough situation to try to thrive as a youngish defenseman trying to get his back his footing And then you go to Florida, which is a try it was a literally the um trying to why am I blanket president's trophy. I can't even think of the trophy name because it's irrelevant. And (laughs) them going on and trying to compete for a Stanley Cup. So kind of like two polar opposites of trying to like fit in for a like a defenseman trying to get his feet like feedback under him. So it's definitely it's an interesting thing. And also have him start fresh with Detroit. I think I don't know. I'm a little bit higher on Robert Hag. I think he could be a third-pairing third, third pairing guy. Did you find
1: out which pick it was? Who, no, picked? it was in 2022, right? Was the pick from 2022? It was conditional for 2021 or 2023 or 2022. So, And we had three picks this year.
0: So it was one of Anton Johansson.
1: Lombardi or Kilpinen.
0: Kilpinen. Maximilian. How do I know which one is which? I don't know either. You have to go to like Wiki and stuff like that. But I mean, fine, whatever. We know like one of the three names. One of the three names. Yeah. So kind of fun like that. So we kind of like move into the third pairing. Um, Who would your ideal third pairing be? I mean, I think both of us going uh, out of like our last episode after right after free agency. I think it was pretty easy for us. It was Pissick Edvinson. You have the veteran guy who's a defense, defense first and then you can really babysit Edvinson. But now it's kind of, to me, it's kind of up in the air.
1: Yeah, I'm very curious which way they lean here. Especially, I, I don't see any way Edmondson doesn't make this roster, to be um, honest yeah. with you, unless he really plays bad at camp. And he's a lot of opportunity, though, before camp too, even at the World Juniors and stuff. I think he really has to play himself out of a spot. And I think he locks down that left side. And then you have two lefties and a righty fighting for that sixth spot at the start of the year before Wallman comes back after not a long time, too. There's Yeah, Wallman, be, Wallman
0: will be back, I think, like pretty early, like after like the first month or something like that. It's because shoulder surgery. So I'm guessing like November, December.
1: It's going to be quite the interesting logjam at the back part of the defense, too. Yeah. Especially with left-handers. Like you have Osterly, Hag and you're going to have Wallman, and then you have Lindstrom there too. Yep. Ideally, I want to see Lindstrom take a step and have him there with Edvinson, but it's tough to have a 20-year-old, well, 19, 20-year-old with Lindstrom uh, who's 23 only. So I do see it playing out at the start, probably flip-flopping maybe with Lindstrom as Australia Hag. I mean, Osterly has more experience probably playing on the right side than Hag does. I think Hag is more of a one a left defenseman compared to Osterley who plays the right side a little bit more, probably.
0: Um, uh on the contrary, Robert Hag spent a pretty good amount of time playing on the right side last did year. Did he playing okay. in Buffalo? He's paired with Jacob Bryson, Daleen at times. Uh, he was also paired with Samuelson for a good amount of time because I, I looked up on um, when I was doing his deep dive in his analytics I was looking up his uh, most common partners and I mean he spent like Mark Pissick was his main partner for the most amount of time but then the last few were Dallin, um Samuelson and Bryson
1: yeah I mean in that case I wouldn't be surprised if it's Hag to start the year and it's Lindstrom subbing out and mostly just a scratch
0: so in my article I I, I put Hag there I'm with you on Edmondson. I think he just has way more upside than any other player on the bottom just, in the bottom pairs.
1: If you need any sort of clarity, just watch the world juniors. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's gonna, gonna have... he's gonna be the best player in this tournament, and I'm very confident that. I don't the only other player that I think is the possibility of being more standout-ish is probably Mason McTavish. He's a stud, McTavish. He's a stud. Yeah, yeah. He's they're good. Just, they're completely different players. Different oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Positions. I mean, one's one's a center and one's a left defenseman. Like the, I, I'm, I'm I just saying just, he's a great player.
1: There's a lot of very talented players that aren't playing this tournament, and I think, and Edvinson wanting to play in this tournament shows a lot to me about mm-hmm. character, and still that you have stuff to prove. Yeah. Um. There's a couple guys like like Beniers. He was already playing NHL games at the end of last year. So, obviously, you don't want to take a risk. Same, Same with, power. with power. Yep. But there's some guys to me, like, why would you not want to play in this tournament? Wasn't it Caden Gooley is not going? Yeah, that one's weird to me. Also, even Slavkowski's is weird to me. Yeah. Like go play for Casper, your country. Casper makes sense. I think Casper makes sense. Casper makes sense because you're gonna be on a horrible team and your club is starting literally the day after World Jr. starts. And right. you wanna you wanna insert your role into your club. That's why I'm surprised Niederbach's playing. I would think he wants to insert a role into his new club right away. Yeah, he, maybe. They have a preseason game, but maybe feels like he can win a gold medal too.
0: I mean, without Eklund, he's going to have a bigger, bigger role, right? On Sweet and Holtz. Yeah. Those are two, those are two big names
1: and be missing. Um, I guess we can dive into that a little more because yeah, I have yeah. a lot more that I want to say about that. Right. I but wanted ma- to go, yeah, go back. Mainly, to- I do feel in that sense, like, especially the way Jacob Bryson plays and Darlene plays, um, I, I, I would feel like that would be a pretty reasonable pairing then. I, yes. I, Think Jacob Bryson's really fun to watch, and he's kind of kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah, I kind of would like that.
0: Yeah, because going back, like I wrote in the article, I picked Hag for the spot, and kind of like my main reasoning is they didn't have to sign Robert Hag. They didn't. They still had seven. I mean, six. If you if even if you want to count out Edvinson, right. Six NHL healthy defensemen. And if you really didn't want it, you could call up Steven Camper to be an extra. Right? So yep. you could have run you could have run Osterley Lindstrom quite easily in your bottom pair. And I think that especially like at times last year, you had Gus Lindstrom who looked really serviceable. I think we were even petitioning for him to be on a higher pairing than Philip peronica at one point. Yeah. And then, kind of the back
1: half of the year, I mean, the Arizona game stands out big time. It's literally, I've said this to so many people. Gus Lindstrom's downfall was the first game he played with Dan DeKaiser. After that, Gus Lindstrom, everything went to everything that he had gotten better at and learned throughout the season just was gone. Dan DeKaiser ruined Gus Lindstrom. Gus Lindstrom camp is over. Everything's washed away. he should be bought out before <laughs> anything else happens. Sorry. <laughs> bit, was, of, an that was a bit Get, of an overreaction Do
0: you know who the Red Wings worst like pairing was in terms of like goals for or expected goals for last year?
1: It was probably Letty and heroiconic
0: wasn't it? Oh uh, they were second. It was, was Jake wallman and Gus Lindstrom.
1: Yeah I mean that's not shocking either. I and felt they like, like on they paper
0: were, they, on paper they were supposed to be like our third pairing this year. Like, before going
1: into free agency, we're like,
0: you know, that'd probably be the third pairing.
1: Lindy was playing terrible, too, when he was playing with –
0: Oh, yeah, Walman was, was carrying the pairing, for sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. For me, in Osterley, again, it, at points last year, looked okay. He has played the right side, and I can see, like, the veteran guy kind of getting the spot next to Edvinson. But, like, the way he plays stylistically, I don't really see how well he'll complement. Because
1: he kind of likes to jump in a little bit, too. They're both such good skaters, though.
0: Oh, yeah, Osterley's a great skater.
1: Which yeah. would make for interesting pair. I, I don't know. Osterley; he is a phenomenal skater. He's just phenomenally lost some games, and in other games, he's very good. Yeah. I guess my kind of like, yeah,
0: I just think Hag makes the most sense. Also, he has the PK upside as well, because he, he has penalty killed a bunch in his career. Yeah. And if you kind of look at with, like Lindy did a little bit, but um, uh, Osterley does not penalty kill.
1: Yeah, and he did on the Red Wings, but they were bad last year. They literally were the worst penalty kill. I'm I'm curious to see Cider's usage on the penalty kill to start the year. If they're just gonna full out blast them like they did last year, or if they'll kind of ease into it and let some of the other guys take bigger roles, because you have quite a bit of penalty killers now in my especially if you're rolling Hag or Hag in there, yeah. Egg,
0: Olimata is a very good penalty killer. He's kind of brought in for the Sh- penalty kill. Sherrod also
1: kills, and Heronic's he- killed his whole career, too. Yeah, I'd be getting Heronic off the kill personally. Heronic's been better than Cider in the last. Yeah. The but last again, year. I want
0: that to change. I want
1: that to change. Like, I want Cider
0: to get the minutes
1: to, yeah. try, to try to be that guy. Cider, uh, Cider, that's one area, like I've said, that Cider has a lot of improving to do on and that's basically his only area where I'm like, wow, he needs a lot of work there. Yeah, I mean, you put him with, like, Ali
0: Mata, or even Edvinson, who's done a pretty good job on the PK as well. That's another one
1: that's going to be really interesting. I think yeah. he can be
0: thrown into that right away. Yeah. So, again, really interesting stuff, but I kind of want to, like, transition into a whole look at the Eastern Conference's defensive system. It's like, there was a lot of change in the in the, the terms of, like, Eastern Conference defense. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you look at like, I would – how would you rank Detroit's defense in terms of the Eastern Conference? Like, where do you kind of see them fitting in? Man, you're throwing me on the spot here. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I personally, personally, I kind of see it as there's these tiers, and Detroit's kind of in the third tier for me. I would say that's probably pretty fair. So, here, I'll go – where did I have it written down here? Where did I have that written down? Yeah, okay. So I kind of have it set up as the first tier being Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Boston. Like, I think Boston, when fully healthy, I think they have one of the best defensive courses. In yeah, it,
1: I guess it depends where you're talking about with Boston because right now they're really banged up to start the year, and they're probably going to be on the back backer half of the Eastern Conference without yep. Grizzlick and McAvoy. Yes. Yep, I agree with that. Then I would go like Tampa.
0: I mean, even losing McDonough, they still have Hedman. You still have Chernak, Sergachev. Even though he just got overpaid, still pretty good offensive defenseman. And you sign Ian Cole, who's a very good defenseman, like defensive defenseman in a depth role. I yeah. I still throw them in there, and then Carolina. I don't. I
1: don't I, I, Carolina. Carolina. is number one with those teams. Carolina's I I, I just don't see Tampa Bay. They don't have a number three or they don't have a number four defenseman. And I don't think Sergachev's the best number two. I I don't think Sergachev's worth 8.5 million in any sort of capacity. Oh, no, he's not. If you're going to pay him for an eight-year deal, I would pay him 5.5 million at max. I think he's severely overrated, and I think he's going to be completely exposed this year in a higher role. He gets exposed all the time on a third pairing. Yeah. Um, so Tampa Bay's defense, I'd almost drop into a second tier. Um, I I think losing Ryan McDonough is gonna hurt them bad.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. I think I I still like their defense, but again, I totally get it. Um, I kind of like have the Rangers, Maple Leafs, Devils, Penguins, and Islanders kind of like that next year. I really like the Devils'
1: defense. I really like the Devils' defense. John Marino was a killer pickup. I'd almost throw them right up with Tampa right above Tampa Bay almost really right yeah I mean let's see here you kind of have your Sergachev and Severson and I think Severson's just as good I I Um, disagree with that but I don't I think he can play a similar role and both are bad defensively I think Jonas Siegenthaler plays that sort of Chernak role He's one of the most underrated defensive defensemen in the NHL. I think John Moreno also plays a sort of turnak role. Yep. You have two shutdown defensemen right there. Dougie Hamilton is just a stud offensively.
0: Yep. You don't.
1: You don't have the Victor Hedman in him, but he's very, very good offensively, and his defense can be hidden yep. by probably Siegenthaler. Yeah, I, I think that's that'd be my number one pairing. I don't hate Ryan Graves. I think he's pretty serviceable too.
0: Yeah, I think he's good.
1: And Brendan Smith is Ian Cole. Maybe a little bit worse. Yeah, a little they bit little worse like than Ian Cole. Played, but... played on a pair together. And they but, yeah, I get it. We're very good. It's a solid
0: – those are solid six defensemen.
1: I like – I think throughout, I think that's a better solid six than Tampa Bay's. I don't like calfa at all for Tampa Bay. I like Bogosian. I like Bogosian. He had that nasty toe drag in the playoffs this year.
0: Phillip Myers is a very interesting <laughs> bet. I think Philip Myers it,
1: could pan out
0: he could pan out and i think in tampa i think he's a he's gonna get paired to victor hedman you already know it yeah probably dude he's, he's becoming the next jan ruda yeah jan ruda just made a bunch of money because of victor hedman
1: yeah that contract i don't love
0: i don't love it either i do like jan ruda though i think I, I like card. the player but...
1: don't love the contract pittsburgh's yeah. another team that's really interesting to me because you're such an old decor
0: yeah they're like you you want to know how we get older Also, yeah, I love how, like, going into the offseason, they are like, we're going to shed some salary cap. And then they acquire Jeff Petrie for full contract.
1: Yeah, I love
0: Jeff Petrie, though. I do love Jeff Petrie. Mike Mike Matheson's kind of underrated as well, though,
1: which I was kind of like,
0: "Eh." And then you pick – and then you the John Marino trade, they got fleeced. I don't
1: really think that. Marcus Patterson is worse than Mike Matheson, though. That kind of might be a hot take.
0: No, I don't think so. No, dude, I don't think so either. I like Marcus
1: Patterson but I think if you're rolling a top four of Chris Letang, Dumoulin, and then Petrie and Pedersen, that's solid very good and then that's what I'm saying you hop into Aruda and Ty Smith and if Ty Smith can have a bounce back here his rookie season was phenomenal
0: he had a good rookie season
1: and if you're Pittsburgh and you're banking on a 22 year old I kind of like that for how they're for how their core how old they are right now if you take little bets on like 22 year olds like that that Okay, you had one really, really good season. You had a bad season here. Take a bet like that and play him with Ruda.
0: My my only issue is like they gave up John Marino, and John Marino's 25.
1: Yeah. And I mean, very good. Yeah. It's the same thing though. If you're giving up Peterson, you're giving up a 26 year old, and that was the main course of it. Maybe they want Peterson over Marino. Marino had a Marino had a rough year this year. Mm-hmm. Compared to Patterson. Patterson was the better defenseman in my opinion. Do I think he's the better defenseman overall? No. I just I think Marino has more to unlock yet. Uh, and I really yeah. like that pickup by the Devils. I yeah, I do think Patterson's a very good defenseman, though. I, I would have Pittsburgh in kind of that same range, though. I think Ty Smith is a big wild. So maybe guy, the, so
0: maybe like going through my tier list, I think Carolina kind of sets itself apart. Then we kind of go Boston tampa new jersey pittsburgh in there for the like yeah, secondary I, tier i would like I, that like the rangers i think they're super young like obviously you have adam fox
1: and i love a keandre miller i think that dude's gonna be a stud this decor also is very good um you have a link here though that makes eight million somehow and that is a traffic cone which i don't understand that's true and andrew Cobb's andrew Copp's best friend if you go on any armchair GM... no it's aaron ecklause best friend if you go on any armchair gm that the rangers put out it's Jacob trua as a cap dump to the red wings because yeah yeah cause i that would makes love i would love jacob trua for eight million man pay the man i saw um, one i saw one who was like
0: retaining half salary so four million dollars for jacob truba a year like yeah
1: you know it could be worse things I love looking at, like, the ridiculous ones. Uh, I also... Did really you see like, that
0: Twitter account that just started? Yeah. Horrible, I'm awesome. sure. T- I love That's it.
1: uh, my favorite account on Twitter right now. I really do like Braden Schneider, too. Yeah. He's going to be very good. As a young, right-handed defenseman, he's very good. And Lindgren's severely underrated, Yet. Yeah. Yep. So, no, I think New York has good D. Toronto, even though we love to rip on them, they
0: have a pretty solid defensive core. Um, the yeah. Islanders, um, picking up Romanoff, I wasn't crazy about the package they gave up for him, but, I mean, that makes their top four pretty
1: solid. Yeah, I like that top four.
0: Pelik, Pulak, Romanoff, Dobson,
1: pretty solid. And then you have Mayfield. Mayfield's good. And then what is it going to be, Ajo? Probably. And he's not bad at all. He's fine, yeah.
0: Again, third-pairing guy. And that's where I kind of, like, go into where Detroit's at. Um, I have, like, Detroit, Florida, and, like, the Capitals all kind of in the same
1: boat. I might put the Capitals higher. Um, I do love me some Martin Faravari. Really? I'm not that yes, big on him. He's very good. Um, the Capitals are very interesting because I think John Carlson is still very good. Yes. Agreed. Um, also, Dmitry Orlov is a wild card yet. Yes. Who's a good top four defenseman still. Shout
0: out! Shout out Nick Jensen.
1: Shout out Nick Jensen, who plays... Very big minutes for the Capitals and does a very good job at it. And then you kind of hop into that five to six range where it gets really fishy for me. Like you have yeah. Trevor Van Reeves, like, then what do you do? Yep. Who's yeah. their sixth defenseman this year? I don't know. Is it Eric Gustafson or Matt Irwin?
0: Oh, uh, I think it is Gustafson. Eric Gustafson yikes. is a not yikes. a good
1: defenseman. And or are they gonna try to plug in Alexia this year? Is this the year that he comes up?
0: Oof. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I, I don't know yeah. how
1: his progression has been. To be honest with you. Now looking at Florida, oh,
0: I think Detroit might be better.
1: Florida's defense is horrible. I don't be- know. It's bad. Very, it's not better than the Red Wings.
0: No. They got rid of their best defenseman. Yeah. I.
1: They got rid
0: of, I, got rid of their best defenseman. They got worse.
1: If you've listened enough, you know that. I am not an Ekblad stan. I think Ekblad is severely overrated. Um, just just watch him. And we here took the brunt of all the blame in the playoffs. If you watch the playoffs, Aaron Ekblad. Never mind, I won't get into it. But yeah, but who's who's babysitting
0: Ekblad now is my question.
1: Yeah. Go- it's not going to be Gustav off. Goos- Someone needs to babysit him. Oh, I know who it's gonna be. Radko or Mark Stahl? It's going to be Mark Stahl, baby. And you need someone babysitting. You need someone babysitting Montour. You need someone you babysitting need, Ekblad. Dude, you need someone babysitting Mark Stahl. And you need babysitting Mark Stahl. He's an animal. <laughs> he is. The only one that doesn't need babysitting is Radko Gudis. Yeah. Except for the fact that he might kill
0: somebody. Yeah, dude. Mark Stahl, is it bad that Mark Stahl might be their third best defenseman?
1: No, he's not. <laughs> okay. I don't know, man. I don't know. Man. Play, play that. Play
0: that Edmonton game. Play, play that Edmonton tape, and you tell me who's better. Two goal okay. game.
1: Who is he? Who's worse? Or who's better? Or who's worse than them? I'm not a big Montour guy. I like Montour. He just he played with the right person, which could go severely wrong this year. It might be Mark Stahl. <laughs> that also could be
0: Mark Stahl. And I think that would be a fun pairing. <laughs> no um yeah so i don't know florida is just a huge question mark like wherever and then they have like a bunch of random like 850k guys who are on the defense like competing i think it was like a finnish guy who's in there if i'm not mistaken
1: yeah that's forwards but yeah wow whoops right yes
0: no i think they have a couple defensemen that are like they don't have the set because it's well uh, they
1: have cali schalda and on his yeah, e- that's- e- ELC yet. Yeah. And then they have Lucas Carlson who played games last year. That's then right, they, they signed Anton Lefci, who was a UFA. That's what I was thinking. He's a UFA from Finland that plays forward.
0: Oh, like, was he was
1: like uh, over a point per game last year in the, the Liga, 61 points in 55 games. Not bad. So he's expected to play in their middle six actually this year, which is really interesting. Good for him. Good for him. Be- their forward group, I love. It's their defense
0: that I hate. And their goaltending is a huge question mark. I think Florida is like, primed to
1: be a very big wild card. <laughs> I don't think their goaltending is that big of a question mark. I just think it sucks that you're paying Bobrovsky $10 million when Spencer Knight is a starter. Just yeah. about. I think he's a tandem goalie already. Like, if you could just sign a cheap backup, man, that would be they great. Used to, they used to have James Reimer.
0: James Reimer would have been pretty nice right now to just have with him Spencer Knight, dude. Just league average goaltending. That's all oh they need. Gosh. That's all they need, dude. They can and win just, game. They can win game six five.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I love the Colin White pickup by them this offseason. Very because smart and because also he's a guy that Ru- can thrive. Rudy,
0: Rudy Balsers.
1: Oh my gosh, those are two guys that if you've learned anything from the Florida Panthers, it's the last three or four years. These guys have been nothing players that have came become very good players, like Verheggie, Marchment. Mm-hmm. Even Duclair came out of his shell. Like, yep. you've seen moments of it, but now he's became a very good top six player. Yep. So it's really interesting. This team is very interesting.
0: Yeah, like Detroit's, like, right in that mix, man. I also have Columbus in that range as well, and Ottawa. Ottawa I have on the lower end. Columbus, obviously, you got rinsky but then, like, kind of after that, a bunch of question marks.
1: Yeah, I mean same thing I mean, with
0: Ottawa. They have they have Shabat and then a bunch of question marks. I actually do like
1: Zub though. Zub's a good player. I
0: like Wierenski
1: over Shabbat and I kind of have. I kind of compare Andrew Peak to Zub. I like Andrew Peak a lot, and I also like Artem Zub a lot. Yep, but then and after that, it's just like, what's going on? I like Gavrikov too. Oh yeah, I forgot about I forgot about Gavrikov. Gavrikov's then, good. bolquist is still a wild card. I think he can be very good. He, I mean, what did he have last year? Like. 12 or 13 goals. He He had more goals.
0: He had more goals than assists.
1: He had 17 goals last. No, no, no. I'm stupid. 11 goals in 52 games. Did he have more goals than assists? It wasn't like 10 assists. 11, 11. Oh, close though. Those are pretty good. And that was without power play time for him. Yeah. Those were like all even strength goals. (laughs) I remember the one he scored against Detroit where he just ended up in front of the net. I
0: was like, whoa, how'd you get down there?
1: Yeah. And then if you have like Jake Bean on your bottom pairing with... Gabranson like who makes way too much money. Good he's game. like, sh- he's like Shira on drugs. It's true. That contract. <laughs> it's
0: true. It's true. Uh, both, both are very interesting moves. Um. Yeah. So I kind of have, I've have Detroit ahead of them and Florida, I guess the Washington one I'm,
1: I'm kind of with you. I think they might be Washington might be ahead, but again, I just, still that, I just really TRX. like, I like, I really like Farivari and I think yeah. he didn't get enough attention last year. So it kind of puts
0: Detroit like, Ninth or tenth, like D, I would say, like in the Eastern, and that's pretty close to a playoff spot, man. In terms of like, if you're going strictly one through eight,
1: I'm going to just going defense right now. And the, if you also a big part of defense is goaltending too, and yeah. you're also adding in with a team like Detroit, you're not taking in effect wild cards, right? You're not taking into effect Simon Edvinson jumping in and being a very good defenseman. Yep, I am not. That's something. That in that's something that's not being taken in. Also, a new coach. Also, a new coach and Bob Bugner, who's been a very good penalty kill coach in his time in San Jose, and yep. then also Lalonde, who's been a very good penalty coach, penalty kill coach in Tampa. Bay. I don't know if you had heard him say that, but he said when he first was jumping into the league. He kind of watched San Jose's penalty kill with Bugner's yep. penalty kill. That's very interesting to me. I love that. Yeah.
0: I think Jay Ver- uh, Verardi, too. I think he was a big PK guy as well, which is kind of interesting. He's a younger yeah. he's a younger coach. I kind of, like, see, like, him kind of using this as, like, a stepping-off point, kind of get his feet wet in the NHL and kind of see how a bench works. I mean, yeah. it's not on, I know people were like, wow, we need more than three coaches. But, I mean, it's not uncommon to have four guys behind the bench.
1: No. A lot no. of teams do it.
0: Yep. So no, I think we're kind of on the same page of where Detroit is in terms of defense. But I mean, obviously with wild cards, we're not factoring in. And obviously, and then, we're really... and
1: then you put in goaltending too. Like,
0: I mean, goaltending is a whole nother conversation. I think Detroit's near the top of the Eastern Conference. I would say so tending. too. Very similar to Boston's situation. You have two very yep, good. Yep. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I really like Boston's goaltending
1: because I, I compare Olmark and Huso pretty similar. And then I compare Nadalkovich and Swayman pretty similar.
0: Yeah. I might give the edge to Boston just simply from performance last year. Yeah. Swayman, Swayman is very good. Also, he was on a way better team. than I agree. Nadelkovic. No, I, I agree, but I'm giving the edge for right now yeah. to them. Yes, I kind of wraps that up for like the Red Wings talk. Um, move on to World Juniors? Yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah. So we've had some news on some teams. Obviously, Sweden. We're going to have Wallinder now, which is going to be awesome. I'm rooting Team Sweden. Edmonton, uh, Niederbach. And then Canada announced today that uh, Donovan Sabrangos were wearing the A, which is big time. And I love how Scott Wheeler, by the way, Scott Wheeler continues to take L's and ranked Moritz Sider third in a redraft of 2019. He just loves picking fights with Red Wings fans, and then he he mocked Donovan Sabrango to be an extra for the World Junior tournament. Now he's an assistant captain. Yeah, that's stay, just hot, stay hot,
1: stay um, hot. It's just so funny. The more cider one I don't see is terrible. Like I I understand it's there's ridiculous. A, to me. There's me. there's a stance there. I I think Zegras is legitimate uh, number one center. Gonna be a number one center.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just think. Cider's literally a franchise defenseman. Which would I put him at number one in the redraft. Right now? Yes. I think Jack Hughes is a franchise player. Take know, take, take your pick. I mean, I I would personally as I personally biased, value a defenseman over like a center, I think. A biased fan, I would take Cider just because I can't see myself saying it another way, but man, I completely understand why Jack Hughes is number one. Jack Hughes is phenomenal. I, I don't, don't, and I'm, yeah. and I'm not
0: saying it like I'm not
1: like anti Jack Jack Hughes.
0: You know I like Jack Hughes. I said yeah. as soon as con as soon as he signed that eight by eight, I was like, that's a great contract. I mean, he's gonna quickly outperform that.
1: He literally had fifty six points in forty nine games last year.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a good player.
1: He's a I, a I'm just value, player.
0: I personally like for a team team perspective maybe it's because i've watched tampa bay a bunch recently it's like i value the defense out perspective yeah and that would put me giving the edge to a six foot three defenseman who can do literally everything um but yeah anyway back to world juniors i think sobrango i love i love that pick for assistant captain i mean guy who has pro experience and they have ken johnson and mason mctavish too which is gonna be it leads for a fun team it's gonna be a very interesting tournament in terms of coverage and then obviously what's all going on with hockey canada right now and in the coverage of obviously the, the 2018 World Junior Team, because I've heard a lot of stuff. Like I I, I saw that um, Gord Miller had a, like put out a statement saying like he feels conflicted about calling the games, but he's still going to do it because it's not fair to the players playing currently. Yeah, exactly. But um, sorry, letting up my cat. <laughs> oh, usually I can do that when you're talking, but he was, he was about to start crying. Um, but no, I think. I hope they bring it in the coverage. I hope Rick Westhead gets some face time, like during the coverage, and being like, "Hey, this is an important issue." Like, you know, what I, you know what I mean. Like, make it like obviously, because a lot of people are going to be watching. Like, it's important for more people. I mean, obviously in Canada, it's a huge deal because I mean, parliaments and I'm pretty sure like <laughs> I saw like people joking about how both parties, both like political parties, are like in unison of what should happen with this, and then Hockey Canada should be disbanded. Yeah, because it's terrible what happened absolutely terrible and it's like the longer we go it's like i we kind of know who the players are
1: that were or we can kind of guess who the players were there's there's an educated guess i mean everything's so uncertain though it's tough to speculate when without knowing the full truth yeah i have a hard time trying to speculate things like that because i don't think it's fair to the players like what if it's just a false accusation I'm not saying I'm not saying this whole situation is because it's pretty clear that this is a pretty messed up situation that has happened. Yep. I'm just saying, like speculating on a, each player until names actually drop. Um, it's tough for me to go spit names and say, okay. Yeah, yeah. and
0: I w- I wasn't about to throw names out right now. I no, I know. I'm just I'm just point, saying. Of,
1: yeah. point of yeah. like obviously,
0: there's lists out there for people. Like, there's actually like accounts that have crossed out names and like have exactly. Put I know. out statements. I, I've yeah. seen
1: those and. It's a, uh, it is something that needs to be brought to light, like, man. Oh yeah, is...
0: I hope whatever happens, like by the end of it, we know who the players are. Yeah, because it'd be tough for me as like a fan of obviously like, the Red Wings don't have anyone that are it's involved, and I, I'm, 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 yeah, but like it'd be hard for me as a fan to be like I'm rooting for that guy yeah. when I know when I know like possibly he was one of them. You know, well, what I mean?
1: even like Kale McCarr being on that team, and yeah. He's so easy to root for because he's so good and seems like such a good person.
0: Right, which often, I mean, you look at, I mean, way, like, also, yeah, I mean, this has some huge levity, too, but, like, obviously, look at Deshaun Watson right now. Yeah. Only gets six-game suspension.
1: That is one of my most insane things I've ever seen in my life for a guy, like, Calvin Ridley gets seventeen games for betting fifteen hundred on his team. They literally,
0: they literally traded a starting quarterback for Deshaun Watson, who has all of this baggage. Yeah, they traded Baker
1: Mayfield. They're like, see ya. the The crazier part is that Calvin Ridley bets fifteen hundred dollars when he's yeah. injured on his own team to win. Yeah, and he's not even playing the game. It's not like he's betting on his team to lose. It's insane. And he gets suspended seventeen games, and Deshaun Watson has twenty five women accused, making accusations about him. Yeah, and yeah, you only get six games; you're fine.
0: Yeah, ridiculous, dude. That is it, wild. And the video of like hundreds of fans like asking for his autograph, maybe sick. Yeah, maybe yeah, sick.
1: That's pretty pretty. Something.
0: Anyway, let's go back to World Juniors because like I'm gonna get on that, and it bums me out, dude. And I could talk with Calvin Ridley for days. That
1: suspension should be appealed then.
0: Should be, absolutely. Um, but yeah, like otherwise, I mean, I, I you kind of told me that it seemed like Buyam got cut from team USA because I didn't see that.
1: Um, yeah, so Aiden Harush, how do you say that? Harushik, I don't the, know. The Columbus product uh prospect that was in the trade for Max domi Okay. He was, he was Carolina defenseman picked in 2021, I think the sixth round or fifth round. Okay. Uh, he plays at BU or BC. Mm-hmm. Um, he was originally taken off the roster and Booyam was on the roster instead of him, but then they switched it and William's off and he's back on now. Weird. So they must have messed that up right away or something like that. And now Harushnik is on it or however you say it.
0: A little Steve Harvey moment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> A uh, Steve Harvey moment. Yeah, no. I mean,
0: obviously, Mazer is going to be a big. He's projected to be top six, and then you got Red Savage, who was a regular. Like he played both games last. Did not Did he play both? No, he got suspended one, didn't he? Uh,
1: didn't he get suspended in one of the yeah. prelim games? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's what I'm saying, he got suspended on Camel. on the prelim games, right? Oh, it was a prelim. Never mind. You're right. Or was it a
1: prelim that went into X ex- or went into? I actual- think it, I think I think it's that. I think it went into actual games. I don't think so because I thought I remember USA only ended up playing one game. I think he got suspended one prelim, game. maybe he maybe. did. Yes, wrong. he okay. did. But uh, it was the hit on Camel. because yeah. he played two or three prelims that he gets suspended mm-hmm. for one of them. Um, right. Yeah, I mean Savage is. It's not even his technically his age out year of World Juniors too, so it's gonna be really big if he does end up. I know they still have like two cuts to make. I don't see it being him. By the way, he was so played last tournament. Well, the previous one I was supposed to be last tournament. Um, it's not even his age group technically, so he's gonna have a chance to play on two World Junior Championships in a course of probably what six months. Yeah, which will be pretty neat. That will be pretty neat, and I, I to go more on Booyam, I Boo-Yam will definitely make the next team. Yep. This this team's kind of locked and loaded on defense right now with O twos and O threes. Yeah, more so O twos, but makes it a little tough for a guy like him to make it.
0: Yeah, he'll make it next time. He'll make it in December. And it'll be or January, whatever you want to call it. It'll be good. Um, let's move into some league league wide news. So, um, what? Okay. Say wow. I, we
1: just didn't even talk about uh, Sweden or anything? <laughs>
0: No, we did. We talked. We talked about Sweden in the beginning. Okay. We just mentioned. We meant. We mentioned that who were all on the team. We did forget to mention Czechia and Finland. I did forget to do that. So my bad. Uh, Vero for Finland, who will likely be playing kind of a bottom pair to top four like role, and he did have a couple points in a, one of the lip or it's like scrimmage games, or it was like a three point game. I think it was. Some like that. Pretty cool. Um, Vero's kind of been he's been there for a little while now. I think he's played two years now on the World Juniors. He's kind of been a regular. And then uh Bednash for Czechia which uh he did play one game uh during the World Juniors last year and he played pretty well. Was it was that against Canada or no, it was against Germany. Mm-hmm. It was two two one. Yep. And he played pretty well, from what I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, also just to mention it, since obviously Russia's not playing in it. They announced their U25, like uh, something like a, uh, some reason they have like a tournament going on in Russia. It must be like a kind of a substitute World Juniors. But Buchanelnikov, Butch- 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 excuse me, he was named to the roster, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Yeah. So pretty neat, I'm c- considering it's a U25 roster. I think that's what it was. It was U25. State. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um yeah, I was I, mean, I was also wondering that's why I wanted to talk about Sweden. Okay, go Sweden, ahead. Uh about Dower Nielsen not being on the team. I was wondering if he declined. That was a big question of mine because there wasn't much about him or even any talk about him. And with Fro starting up on the 10th and World Junior starting on the ninth, is his priority to make Fro or did he just get cut? I have a feeling – that's a good question. Because I think his big thing is he's going to want to make the big club this year. So, I think he just prioritizes actually playing in the World Juniors in December. Yeah. And then make the club right away. Yeah, for London's
0: got a bunch of, like, depth gone. I mean, you got Soderblom that's gone, Niederbach who left for Rogla. Uh, There's definitely some turnover where there could be a spot available for him.
1: Well, especially when he was the 13th, 14th forward last year.
0: Yeah, he's looking at more um, of like a more an, a established role in the bottom
1: six. Yeah, which will be which will be great for him. Yeah, and I I mean, what's who's your favorite player to watch or the most play, the player you're most excited about to watch coming up in the region mm-hmm. championship? This is a tough one. I really like. I've been just for pure do-
0: dominance. I have a couple on the list, so bear with me. Um, also, Kosa. I'm very intrigued to see how Kosa plays, because obviously he kind of lost. He didn't even get a chance to start in the tournament because he didn't do well in the scrimmages Mm -hmm. against the esports teams. Are they going to give him that chance to redeem himself after a pretty lengthy playoff run? I'm curious. I'm really curious of where he stands. Oh, or is it going to be Brett? uh, Or is it not Broshu? Grant? 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 Is he going to get the job? Because I mean, he he had a great year too. Yeah,
1: I'm curious too.
0: Also, Wall- I'm going to shout out Wallander.
1: Wallander um, and Mazer. I think, are my guys. Maybe, maybe maybe Vero, too. I'm really curious to see how Vero looks. I think Mazer is going to have such a big role on Team USA. It's going to be really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I want to see Wallander get all the opportunity in the world. There's a guy yeah. that should have made the team right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And now he's got a chance to basically show out. Yeah.
0: Definitely, could call there. Um, so I guess we can transit and or, yeah, transition to some more league news. Uh, Nazem Kadri to the Islanders—is that happening, or is this just something that people have blown out of proportion?
1: I I, I don't know. I think it could be a little bit of both. I think mean, people are just speculating, but also I think it could be a thing. <laughs>
0: I love like the like the conspiracy theory that like this is just a deal that Lou has shelved and like it's not happening until before training camp as if like a big name like Nazem Kadri wouldn't be announced before then.
1: Or it's just that he's waiting to make a trade or something like that and that they don't want to announce it until he clears cap. I mean, yeah, you look at like Islanders cap sheet like I got Josh Bailey, which would cost them a lot
0: to unload. He's making five million for the next two years. You're not, you're not just, like, trading him for an asset.
1: That's a, yeah.
0: That's a significant piece going with him, which leads me to believe that Beauvillier would probably be the more likely to be traded, which at that point, I'm like, what are we doing?
1: What yeah, are, I, don't, we doing? I don't think they should trade Beauvillier.
0: No, and also, if you look at their centers, they're pretty well set down the middle. Barzell, Nelson, who's underrated, and then you got Paschao as your third-line center.
1: Well, you can move probably one of those guys to the wing, too. Like, Nelson to the wing, I don't think really hurts you. Or even Barzell. You go Barzell, Nelson on a lot, Or or that. Barzell, (laughs) Nelson, and Lee. Yeah. And then Kadri, Beauvillier, and who cares? Yeah. I'm just,
0: like, for, like, Islanders, I'm, like, concerned that they're going to choose to get rid of Beauvillier. And it's just, like, why? Yeah. They just hate youth. They hate youth. Love getting rid of young players with promise. That's what, I
1: mean, same thing
0: happened to Devin Tays.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you base, like, for where Detroit's at, if they went to made so many moves up front, I would be okay swallowing a Josh Bailey pill for something else plus. Right? Because it, it'd, be it'd be a first plus for me. Because you can get a lot back for that. And I, I think Josh Bailey is a serviceable player.
0: Yeah. He definitely he's not a complete bum, but I mean it's also kind of like the same thing with James Van Riems deck right? Like the reported ask was their 2023 first to take on James Van Reemsteck for seven million for one year. This is five million for the next two years. Yeah. So if you're going off that price, that's a lot.
1: And I'm thinking it's gonna be a ducks type move, probably. beak is salivating.
0: Yeah. And if I have beak, I'm calling Lou all the time. Like, hey, what's hey, what's up? I'll take Josh Bailey. Yeah, or even if they get a Bavillier I mean, that's a good young talent to have on the duck system. Or that. Even if you're getting that. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, obviously for Detroit. I mean, uh, the most recent episode of 32 Thoughts, Detroit was listed as still like a a destination for cadre. Um, I wrote about it, but I mean, I don't really see a, a fit. You just signed cop to second line center money. And I know Jeff Merrick's biggest thing was like the Detroit doesn't have a second line center, but I mean Cop was just signed to be second line center. Yeah. And the team's kind of confirmed that he's going to be the center. Now, I'm not against, like, if you were to move Cop down a line, like, and just stack the centers, and you've signed Kadri to, like, the Klingberg deal of one year at, like, 10 million, just go bananas. I'm, yeah, that'd be fun. I love Nazim Kadri. If he, if he came to Detroit, I'd, I, like, I'd be thrilled.
1: Yeah, I'm, I just don't see the fit. I guess I don't see a fit either. I mean, the more I just thought about in my head, I'll, I'll kind of go off that in a second, but I'll talk about Cod Street Detroit. For me, it doesn't make sense. You're paying cop second-line center money. And then going off of that, the only way I see it reasonable is if it's on a two- or three-year deal. And after that, even, you're you're going to be in some money troubles because you're going to have to afford... Cadry, and that's going to push Dylan Larkin's contract up too. Um, and going off that, you still have to pay Tyler Bertuzzi after you pay Larkin. And yep. I don't see Tyler Bertuzzi being around if you're signing Nazem Kadri to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, definitely puts, and again, I think been, Like I, I went back and watched Eisman's uh, post-free agency um, presser, and he said he doesn't want to sign another big-name free agent to be put in a spot to trade a player. Yeah. He doesn't want to have to make a move.
1: He'll make a move if he,
0: he damn so chooses. But
1: you want to hear my hot take of the Nazem Kadri trade? Okay, I just thought of this. Okay, okay, to the Ducks, Josh Bailey, Anthony Beauvillier, to the Islanders, John Klingberg, Nazem Kadri.
0: Maybe, would they...
1: maybe adding a second in there too. uh. uh... Okay, John Klingberg was just signed. Yeah. to Actually, he has a no-trade clause. Never he has no-trade right now. But that would have made sense to me because the Islanders were sneaky about him, too, at the start of the offseason. And if they wanted that cheap contract, moved right away, and then you get Beauvillier, and then you eat Bailey, and then you take on another second-round pick for that, too, or something right. like that. Yeah. That would make sense to me.
0: Very interesting, but yeah, obviously... like That would be wild. I feel like I'm reading the armchair GM stuff going on. Okay. um, But no, like, yeah, if we kind of, like, transition out of Kadri, I mean, I think he's a great player. I feel like he's overplayed his market and kind of seemed like a lot of teams like Detroit, New York, the Rangers, I'm saying, have kind of, like, they chose other options. Detroit went cop. New York went Trocheck and Kadri's kind of like it's kind of like, it's kind of like playing musical chairs and Kadri
1: is currently sitting without a chair. I also don't think Kadri is worth as much as he's going to get paid, so I don't really want to touch that. Unless no. unless you are giving him two or three years, he's thirty, going to be thirty three, right? Thirty two. He's thirty two.
0: He's going to be thirty two in the season starts. Okay,
1: exactly. That's October
0: six, I think, is when his birthday is. That's basically old in hockey terms. It is old. Is old, and for a guy who's coming off a career year on a Stanley Cup winning team, and who has never been a point per game besides that year, it's definitely a lot of risk to going involved. And I think there's some teams, and f- thank God, you know, actually no, I wanted Chuck Fletcher to have money so fucking bad at the free agency because he would have made some awesome moves that I could have just talked about. But I think Nasim Khatris a little pissed the Philly didn't have any money because uh, Chuck Fletcher would have been burned. He would have lit it on fire and said, "Here you go, Nazim.
1: Yeah, I just.
0: Here's seven by seven.
1: His uh, some of his just numbers are so inflated from this last year. But I mean, he's always been kind of a playoff performer.
0: Yeah, and also he's a what's not good. He's just still like a very good second line center. Yeah, like sixty point thirty goals a year, which is very valuable. That's like six million dollars. Yeah, not seven to eight million dollars.
1: Not. And how many more years does he have that left in him is my question. Right, that
0: is that is a huge question. And Detroit went with Andrew Kopp, who, A, is very versatile and plays many different – I mean, Kadri is also pretty versatile, but Cop has been a guy who's progressively gotten better towards like this part of his career. So I think Detroit's betting on that as well. Um, so, yeah, it kind of wraps it up for me on the um, Nazem talk. I do like him a lot. Um, Is there anything else you really want to talk about? I mean, maybe we can talk about, like, what's going on with, like, Evan Rodriguez, or do you really not care? We never talked about the Matthew Kachuk trade. I mean, we kind, of, we kind of talked about it with Florida. I mean, we can kind of talk about it quick. Like I said, I think Florida got worse. I really love the trade for Calgary. I do. They get I a first-round first pick. They get Cole Schwint, who's a pretty solid prospect, who could be a middle six player. They get... Mackenzie Weger, who becomes their best defenseman on an already stacked decor, core and Jonathan Huberdeau, who's literally, he had more points than Matthew Kuchuk. I mean, obviously playing totally different roles. But you yeah. lose Johnny Goudreau, Huberdeau fills that spot of Johnny Goudreau. And I I argue that Huberdeau drives the line better than Goudreau does.
1: Disagree. Really? Yeah. I think I think Huberdeau does a better job. I think Goudreau's the better player. Not by much. I think he drives better. I don't know. I I think Calgary's offense still looks bad to be on paper. Yeah, the like, – I, mean, I th- Very, very, very bad. I don't think it's Their very bad. Bot- I think Their bottom six is horrendous.
0: Oh, yeah, the bottom six is bad. Uh, like the top line, if you're going like Toffoli, Lindholm, and Huberto, I'm a big fan of that. Then the second line is kind of like a big question mark. I mean, Manjapani, great, but then who else? Like Mikel yeah. Backlund.
1: Mikel Backlund. Mm. Either Dubé or Ma- or Dubé or Coleman. Yeah, right. And, and then and what, like, is Kevin Rooney your third-line center?
0: Yeah, no, or, they definitely have some. They also still have cap space, though. They they, they, do. they they still have some cap space. I mean, their name is around Kadri as well, and like, he would make a ton of sense in Calgary, personally. I think that, honestly, would probably be his best fit.
1: Yeah. Because then you I, bump
0: down Backland and then you have Kadri. Ka, I mean, Kadri, Pani and Dubay sounds a lot better than Backland. Yeah. Or even go, yeah, even split it up a little
1: bit. If you want to split up Lindholm, I mean, I actually do like Lindholm a lot, but you know what I mean? Like, you can get well, and then, and then even then, if you do do that, if you move up Kadri, then you can have, like, Backland, Coleman, and then like, if you can bring in, like, Pellete. Peltier, yeah, who had a great season last year, like a similar to Jonathan Bergeron type season. Set yep. more more goals, I believe.
0: Yep, he's um, a
1: small forward as well. Stud, very talented. Or even yep. put him on the second line. Um, yeah, I got some interesting, interesting. Moves. I, I just, I, I, do like that trade for him because I don't think you would have got anywhere close to that kind of offer from anywhere else. No, um, I think you need to try to prioritize signing them or trade them soon. Um, I, I'm more on the sign Weger, and you might want to move Huberdo. I think you can get a haul back for Huberdo, and I think Weger is a very, very good defenseman. Um, so interesting because also like Calgary has like the
0: they have so many good defensemen that they could move on from because you got Rasmus Anderson and Noah Hannafin, who's a pretty solid top pair. Then you go Uyghur
1: and, I don't know, Tanev. But if you're, if you're rolling a top four of Uyghur, Taniv Anderson, and Hanifin, like, man, that's a that's team that can contend. Sick. It's just your forwards that worry me. I mean, like, if you can kind of move Huberto and get a couple of forward pieces back and have, like, two players instead of one, that almost sits better with me. Really? I,
0: I'm, I'm more so spot-filling. I, I'm trying to get, like, a... And Evan Rodriguez would be an interesting one in Calgary for me. Guy who be. had he kind of like had a bunch of offensive upside in P- Pittsburgh early on. Can you like build off that? You really a really six guy. Ooh, Sonny Milano.
1: It depends who Milano's playing with for me. Like go Manji Ponti. The big team with me that I wanted to see, not for Detroit's sake, but I wanted to see take a stab at him was Toronto. I think he would be so fun in Toronto. Yeah. You have so much opportunity playing with really good players there. And I think he would really perform there. Also, you know who would have been another like really good signer for Calgary and would have made this better?
0: Dylan Strom. Dylan Strom would have made this a lot easier. You could have just paid him. Yeah. It said he's in Washington where he's going to do very well.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have really a- like I really like this trade from Florida's standpoint, though. I'm not there. I'm not there on it. I think you were going to be handcuffed at the end of this year and both Huberto and Weger were going to move on for nothing. Instead, you're taking a 24-year-old to pay him $9.5 million. Um, I wish you wouldn't have given up Uyghur and tried to resign him. That's the only part about this for me. If you could have found a way to flip just Huberto for Kachuk, that makes sense to me.
0: I'm just pulling up their their cap sheet right now. Like you got, I mean, Hornquist is a big money coming off the books next year, which helps them a lot. Uh, Colin White will be an RFA. So it's like really, they don't really have that many guys expiring, which is a good thing. So I thought it was gonna be a lot worse. I thought they have a couple of big UFAs like Gudas is coming off the books, but he's gonna make like the same money. So it's kind of just like they'll kind of kind of stay even keel. They'll have a little bit of money to play with to maybe make one bigger move.
1: The Spencer Knight
0: RFA is the one that's really interesting to me. Oh, that is a good one. Also, Keith Yandel's uh dead cap goes down by four million. That's a big one.
1: That'll help for that.
0: That'll help. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not a, like they their depth got worse. Like
1: on forward or defense? defense mostly
0: okay Ford, i don't forward, i don't think they got that worse on forward um yeah i mean you only lost huberdo right to my knowledge and declare is gonna be on ir yeah that's kind of really it and they made a bunch of bets on like colin white and rudy balsers and stuff like that nick cousins so they're making bets on cheaper players kind of like tampa bay does i the- really like
1: the rudolph balsers like you said and colin white bets yeah those are both really good bets in
0: middle six. Yep, I agree. Um, so it's just kind of like interesting right now. It looks worse. I, I love it for Calgary personally.
1: And the and the Eric Stahl bet.
0: Very fun. I hope it works out. Me too. Um, but defensively, I just think they're so screwed. Like I don't know yeah. what. Like it's like okay, next season, like maybe there's like a decent like UFA defenseman that can you can spot fill, but I mean, still it's gonna cost a lot of money. And It's just I don't know what they're doing. Bob, right now, Bob is such an anchor for me on that team, and it's just like messing them up completely. Yeah. It's Bob, like Bob's not good. No, he's not. It, I mean, he's fine. He's a fine player. Like, if he's making like $4 million with Spencer Knight, you'd be like, all right, hell yeah. This is great. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's not. Um, but yeah, no, the Eastern Conference, I can I mean, kind of like come full circle. It's going to be such an interesting year in the Eastern Conference, and I love every second of it. Because Detroit's going to be in the mix the entire season, whether that be in the playoffs or not, and yeah. especially with this this trade right here impacts that even more. And Maddie Kachuk's going to make some games because obviously like Florida and Detroit have kind of like a obviously not a Tampa Bay Florida rivalry, but they have chippy games. They do, and I'm kind of interested to see Kachuk stir some stuff up and who responds in Detroit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, unless you got anything else. I don't have anything kind of all wrapped up and there's some big name. It's like August still has like plenty to be busy about. There's plenty of teams that are still over the cap. I mean, we were talking pre-show all, about
1: also the Jesper brat situation. Oh my which, God. Oh that one's going to come in a couple days. It's going to come in a couple days, man. Yeah. Kevin Weeks just tweeted about it.
0: I saw that. I saw that very interesting. Uh, yeah. You got teams that are way over the cap, like Edmonton and Vegas, who have still assigned two very big RFAs. Um, New Jersey, who's going to use all their cap space, possibly on BRAP, but also they're nowhere close. Um, it's just a bunch of teams that are still need to figure out stuff, and with also like big names on the free agent market, like Kadri, like Rodriguez, Suban, Kessel, who are more veteran presences, but still pretty big names. And it's like this never really, like, usually this is completely dead. We're, we still had stuff to talk about for like an hour and a half today. Yeah. Which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting a shorter one. Like I thought it was gonna be like 45 minutes, but we went uh quite a bit over than I was expecting, which is a good thing. But yeah. Um thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh make sure you support our partner in this inside the rink. Bunch of stuff coming with that. Um, subscribe to the pod on Apple. Uh, check out our Twitter as well. We should have a. there's a chance we have a little giveaway coming out. Uh, shortly so be on the lookout for that and in terms of scheduling we're probably going to be for Intel training camp I would say we're probably going to be once every other week uh, when we get the chance maybe there's a week where we go if there's like a significant move or something we go uh, you know one relatively soon but um, yeah going to be some mixing and matching with the summer and us you know relaxing a little for uh, a very exciting season so Thank you, everyone, for your support.